Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. There is a certain truth you must live in and that truth changes everything for us. It is the reality that not only are you in Christ, but Christ is in you. And it is Christ in you that is the hope of glory. I don't know whether you know or you are aware that on the day that you gave your life to Jesus, something very profound happened to you. It is living in the awareness of what happened to you that actually is called walking in the light. And so we must come to a full understanding and appreciation of what God has accomplished for us in giving us Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Now, those things are not simply theories, nice statements to quote and put on your status. They are a life we live. In fact, they are your life. That's why Paul says, when Christ, who is our life, eh? when Christ, who is our life, he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. So when he appears, we shall appear with him in glory. This is not an eschatological reality. It's not something in the end times. It is something that we can live in right now that when Christ who is our life. So today I want to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you about knowing the grace of God in truth. Colossians chapter 1 from verses 3. Now you must understand that it is the apostle Paul is writing together with his son, Timothy, they are writing this letter. And they are writing to these people because uh, if, uh, the church in Colossae is kind of like, um, it would be like the church, uh, how do I put it? I was going to say it would be like a satellite church of, of Ephesus. But the senior pastor, Paul, had not been the one who, he had sent a disciple called Epaphras to plant the church. And Epaphras and uh, some other guys had gone and they had started this church. And so, when Paul is writing to them, he is writing to his sons and daughters through his son, Epaphras, alright? And he writes to them and he says, we give thanks to God 
Now, of course, they're saying we because it is Paul and Timothy who are writing, okay? It says, we give thanks to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So he says to the Colossians that we are praying for you because... We had, there is a day, since that day, we had two things about you. We had two things about you. One, we had your faith in Jesus Christ. Your faith in Jesus Christ. And number two, we had your love for all the saints. These are two things that were living and they were active in the lives of the people in Colossae. And he said, these things are the, 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 the love for the saints and your faith in Jesus Christ is because of the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. So in other words, any man and woman who comes to a place where they rest in a, in a hope, where they understand that heaven is a reality they live in, where they understand that heaven is not a place you are going to go to, but a reality that you can live in even now, what happens to you is that your faith in Jesus Christ and your love for other saints become real. And he says, but that hope which is laid up for you in heaven, you heard about it before. So you must hear, and it says, you, they heard about it before in the word of the truth of the gospel. In other words, when you hear the gospel and understand it a certain way, the gospel creates hope. And that hope produces faith and love. Now, he says, when you had the gospel in truth, which has come to you, and as it has also in all the world, and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you had. Now, now, now. He is saying, when you hear the gospel in truth, 
When you hear the gospel in truth, wherever the gospel has been heard in truth, it brings forth fruit. So faith in Christ Jesus, love for the saints are babies of truth of the gospel. By the way, these things are true of you. And he says uh, that they're bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you had and knew the grace of God in truth. So on that day that you get to hear and to know the grace of God in truth, you begin to bear fruit. The gospel begins to bring forth fruit. Now, know, to know the grace of God. Now so, now, so I want you to connect these two things. He says, one, you had before in the word of the truth of the gospel. What is the truth of the gospel? The truth of the gospel is contained in this phenomenon called grace. So look at this. These guys, they had the word of the truth of the gospel. They had it. And then when it goes down, it says, you had. And when you had, you got to know the grace of God in truth. So when I looked at this verse, I realized, I said verse because it's a sentence. When I looked at this sentence, I realized there is something that is more important that produces all the other things. And so we could talk about all the other things, but if we measure on this one, it will produce all the other things. And that is knowing the grace of God in truth. When you know the grace of God in truth, it will produce all these other different things. I will not have to teach you all those other things when you come to a place when you, you, you understand, you, you know the, the grace of God in truth. Now, I understand there are two kinds of people. Uh, there's two kinds of people when it comes to the gospel and to truth. Number one, there is a person who does not know the grace of God. And there is another one who does not know the grace of God in truth. Are we together? I think we are together. So there is someone who simply does not know the gospel. They just don't know the truth. They don't know grace. They don't know the grace of God. And then there is another one who does not know the grace of God in truth. So let me first start about with talking about the first one. You don't know the grace of God. There are, there are people, they don't know the grace of God. They, and, and by the way, if you don't know the grace of God, you don't know God. Because grace is the means by which God has decided to transact with us. We access whatever we access from God by grace. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. God deals with men by grace. God is a gracious God. Grace means 
that you receive from God what you do not deserve and you do not receive from God what you deserve. Now, um, uh, this week I was with some of uh, my spiritual children and we were talking and, and they brought out something that I thought, wow, God, thank you. You are always helping me with my summons. Praise the Lord. They said, you know, sometimes uh, people hold it this way that if, let's say, you were hanging out with, um, you were spending a lot of time with your friends. And then, because God wants you to spend more time with him, he takes away those friends. This example will be better. You are spending so much time on your phone. One time, I was with my wife. We were, we were in Chibuye. I was driving. We parked right next to a market. And she was on her phone, talking in our car. And the window was right kind of up. As we, as we were talking, all of a sudden, someone took the phone. So lest you think I'm talking about you, <laughs> let me talk about my wife. So someone can say, ah, you see, you were spending so much time on your phone. And so God wanted to spend more time with him. So he took the phone away from you. Now, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? But if if you ever think that way, just know you don't know the grace of God. But now you are learning. Like, God does not need to punish you in order for him to get time with you. You are understanding. I like it. I knew you will understand. I knew. I, because you have to know the grace of God in order for you to know the gospel so that it begins to bring fruit in you and your faith in Christ will arise your love for all the saints will also become amazing and incredible but you have first of all to understand the grace of God let me tell you there is nothing God gives to us because we deserve it. and I am telling you there is so much that God has given to us simply because of his grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And I want you to know it is still by the grace of God that I will become what I must become. There is no qualification that qualifies you before God. Oh no. You will never dress right for God. You will never... You see, even when you try to do good things, your good things are tainted with bad intentions and bad motives. So, God has to find a way of making it worthy to him. And that is called grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. God does not answer your prayers simply because you prayed well. Oh, no. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. God answers our prayers because, let me tell you what happens. 
When you pray, the Holy Spirit helps you in your weakness. Oh, that's what he says. For we do not know how to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be put in words. And so you realize that even any answer to prayer you have ever received is simply by the grace of God. It is the grace of God. It is grace. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And it is by the grace of God that I will be what I need to be. It's grace. You must know the grace of God. You must know the grace of God. You must know the grace of God and know it in truth. Listen. I have five children. Praise the Lord. And none of them is sick. Five times I've given birth to children with my wife. Isaac, you'll understand what I'm saying sometime. Praise the Lord. And five of these offsprings of mine are all in good health. How could I have done that? No way. It is the grace of God. How come in your clan, in your family, all of them are way, 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 way. They are anywhere, everything. But now you, you are born again. How, how come, how come, how come, how come, how come it is you sitting here? How come you, there, there, there are so many people right now that are in hangover. How come you are sober? It is the grace of God. That grace brought Jesus to die for all your sins. That grace brought Jesus to pay the price that is necessary for you to be accepted before God. That's a very powerful thing. Let me say it again. Understand this. Because this will change, change everything for you. That grace brought Jesus so that Jesus, so that God will have a right standing with you and you will have a right standing with God. And therefore, it is because of Jesus and by Jesus that you have been given a right standing with God. It's not what we have done, all not done. It is simply the grace of God. Now, because of that, we can always rest and lean on that grace of God to see us through another day. Because his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand clap. Hey. 
So this grace will take you through school. This grace will give you uh, a, a, a new way of life. This grace will, will make you prosper. This grace will show you the way. This grace will preserve you. There are people who do not know the grace of God. And so every anytime trouble comes, they are like, what did I do to God now? What did I do to God now? Whenever you see that you are in trouble and, and your thought goes to, but God, why? Just understand, okay, I think I don't know the grace of God. So you have to know the grace of God. There is a technical word for those who do not know the grace of God. Most religious people do not know the grace of God. For people who do not know the grace of God, it is called legalism. They don't know that whatever we are, any day that I live and breathe without the help of machines, it is the grace. Of God. By the way, even when I have the help of machines, it still is the grace of God. Every single day that I live, it is the grace of God. You know, there are people who went to bed last night and choked on their own saliva. You understand? You realize even your own saliva is a weapon of mass destruction. Yes. Someone goes to the bathroom and doesn't come out. Recently, I was in Rwanda and there was a funeral. That gentleman led prayers on Zoom. And then he went to his bathroom to prepare to go to work and he didn't come out of the bathroom. Ah, you realize every day you live, it is the grace of God. Eh, you walk from in Kampala, anywhere in this Kampala, and you, you get home. <laughs> to get home in Kampala on a border border it is it's the grace so we are living testimonies of the grace of God but then there are also people who do not understand the grace of God in truth hey. they understand the grace of God but they don't understand it in truth. So they think that the grace of God is a license to do whatever and however and wherever and with whomever they want. Whichever, however, inever, wherever, however, whichever, whenever, ever, ever. Yeah? They, 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 they just think that they, so these people we also have a technical term for them it, they are called licentious hey. they think the grace of God is a license for them to do whatever they want to do however they want to do it with whoever and wherever in whichever way are uh, at ever, uh, or never, uh, in ever, front ever, <laughs> behind ever, uh, like you, uh, wherever. So, and such a person 
just does not understand the grace of God in truth. That's why when we talk about grace, we must talk about the person of Jesus. Because the Bible says he came as the, the fullness. He was the full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth. Truth. Uh, grace and truth. Now, of course, some people think, uh, again, the legalistic people think that truth is the, is the obedience. No. How do I help you? Listen. Grace, I told you, grace is that we receive from God what we do not deserve and we don't receive from God what we deserve. But then also, grace is an enabling and empowering force. Grace is an enabling and empowering force. It is grace that enables you to live right. A person who does not live in the sanctification of Christ has not known what grace does. Because when grace comes, grace clothes you with the righteousness of God so that you become the righteousness of God so that you can express the righteousness of God. Did you, did you get that? Those three things are amazing. Listen to me again and hear very well. When grace comes, grace clothes you sanctifies you, justifies you, and clothes you with the righteousness of God so that you become the righteousness of God so that you begin to express the righteousness of God. In other words, you begin to act like God because of grace. Where grace is, power is. Oh yes, because grace is divine enablement. It is divine empowerment. So, uh, when uh, when the worship team is singing here, uh, who, which one should I use as an example? I love using real examples. Eh? So, let, let's say Isaac is singing like he has done powerfully today. One, you must understand that well, in, grace makes it that even when you sing badly, God likes it. But grace will actually enable you to sing right. And so that when you sing well, ah, it's not you. It's grace. Because there are people who would like to sing like you sing. They hold the microphone and they think in their hey, how, you've ever seen those people? You put in headphones and they're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. but what you are hearing out here, I am singing to my, 
to my God. But then you realize that in heaven, there is no angel that sings of key. Glory be to God. And so God will have a way and a mechanism of carrying what you don't, you can't, and makes you be able to do what you could not and what you cannot. Oh yes, it's grace. And so, you man who doesn't cheat on your wife, do not look down on the man that cheats on his wife. Because even you, given the right circumstances and the right opportunity and the right atmosphere, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. It is all by grace. Chisa. It's grace. It's grace. It's grace. So worship team, prepare that song. It is, it is, it is grace that empowers you to be faithful to God. It is grace. When you can pray for three hours, it is grace. But if you don't know the grace of God in truth, you will think, why should I pray? I... I, I don't have to pray. God has, uh, it's not my prayers. You, you will be saying, it's not my prayers. You don't know that grace will empower you to pray for two nights non-stop. Non-stop. Grace. So don't excuse your prayerlessness for uh, God understands. Yes, he understands. But when grace comes, it empowers you. It enables you. It moves you. Hallelujah. So people keep saying, ah, you don't judge me, you don't judge me. No, we don't judge you, but we are saying, where's the grace? Where's the grace? Where's the grace that keeps you holy? Where, where's the grace that keeps you in chastity? Where is, have you known the grace of God in truth? We don't want to judge you, but we want the expression of grace. Have you known the grace of God? So Paul says to the Corinthians, I mean to the Colossians, he's like, listen, we give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you as it he has in all the world and is bringing forth fruit and it's also as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And so we come to a place where we understand that you must know grace now, there is, however, a word there that is very dangerous and a word that becomes a source of prayer for us is that word to know. No. You had, because right now all of you are hearing, but knowing, knowing. You know, there are two kinds of knowings 
There's a knowing we call gnosis. And there's a knowing we call epignosis. And when I checked, I realized that the word Paul uses there, you, you had and you came to an epignosis. This knowledge is not mere head knowledge. It is experiential knowledge. It's knowledge that is revelational knowledge. It's not any knowledge that can be taught to you by a man. And that's where the danger of so many of us are because you've heard it. But have you known it? You know you can say the word. Mere information is not what helps. So these days I tell people you must understand the gospel but you must also experience the gospel. And the problem is this. The experience of the gospel the experience of grace is not something you can make up. You can hear the words and be able to even say them back. But to know by experience is given by God. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-572. 579-679